You're listening to the Boogeyman's Closet Podcast. Explicit language and spoilers ahead. You've been warned. And we are back for yet another episode of the Boogeyman's Closet. As always, I am Mike Alvarez. Maurice Killifer. Susie Hunt. And we have a guest joining us again today. It's Sam. Yay! <laughs> Welcome back, <laughs> Sam. Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime, anytime. Uh, I'm sorry that you're joining us for this movie, however. Um, just because I, I hate putting people through this. but uh... <laughs> hey, I chose this. That's true. I volunteered true. for this. You 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 did. <laughs> the uh and, and the fans have spoken. They wanted this on the on the roster. So we are continuing our month of unnecessary sequels with episode 191, American Psycho 2, All American Girl. God. It's from 2002. It's an hour and 28 minutes. Uh directed by Morgan J. Freeman. Uh, who did Hurricane Streets, Dawson's Creek, Born Killers, Homecoming, and Taking the Stage. So I'm going to get into the into the cast for uh, get into the cast in a second here. But just just quickly, I have to ask uh, who uh, th- did all of you guys see this when it first came out or just me and Sam? I did not. I, okay. You know, I, think I may have seen it when it came out. I'm not sure. OK. Oh, I was hoping, I was very hopeful that uh, this was going to be one of those movies, much like House on Haunted Hill, that I didn't like the first time around. And maybe, maybe my uh, attitude would change by this watching. Um, we'll get into that momentarily. But uh, let's jump All right, the- if, if your attitude toward this movie had changed, this would go above Darkness Falls and they live. <laughs> Oh, wait, they live. I was gonna say. I thought we all agreed they live as long. No, no, no. It follows. I'm sorry. Oh. Hey, I have fans who back me on it. Follows <laughs> and darkness falls. Still haven't seen it. <laughs> You're not missing anything. Yes, you are. Um, <laughs> I hear both those things. I don't know what to do. It's a it's a very divisive film. It's funny because I only know people who agree with me, like love it, or agree with Susie and Maurice and hate it. It's there's no middle ground. Like everyone either uh, loves it or hates it. So okay, I, yeah, I, it's it's funny. Like everybody I've talked to that's seen it, they're like, "Oh, it's fucking great!" Or "Oh, it's a piece of shit." So you know, just one of those flicks. But uh, we'll hop into the cast real quick. Uh, we have Rachel Newman, played by Mia Kunis, who obviously we would know from that '70s show, Family Guy, Milo, forgetting Sarah Mar, uh, forgetting Sarah Marshall. I couldn't say that. Uh, tons of voices on Robot Chicken. She was in Ted, Oz the Great and Powerful. She's in a ton of stuff. Uh, I can't not hear Meg when I hear her talking all throughout this movie. Right? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> I just kept going, shut up, Meg, <laughs> throughout the entire movie. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we have Starkman, played by William Shatner, who, of course, Star Trek, we all know him from. We saw him on this show in A Christmas Horror Story. Um, I would love to get Kingdom of the Spiders on here, which was one of his 70s horror movies. Uh, but he's in a ton of stuff from Twilight Zone, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Fanboys, Third Rock from the Sun, a lot of stuff. 
Uh, then we have Dr. Daniels, played by, uh, I'm sure I'm going to say this wrong, Garrett Wynn Davis, I believe. Um, he's an Airwolf, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Dracula the Series, Forever Night, and Robocop Prime Directive. So he did a lot of TV work. Hmm. Then we have uh, Brian, played by Robin Dunn. He was in Dawson's Creek, Cruel Intentions 2, The Skulls 2, Dead Like Me, Just Friends, Species 3, Inhuman Condition, and Altered Skin. Uh, Cassandra, who we've seen multiple times on this show. Brain Grape! (laughs) Right. She plays uh, by Lindy Booth. We saw her in Wrong Turn. We also saw her in the Dawn of the Dead remake. Uh, As Susie said, Brain Grape from The Librarians. Um, Cry Wolf, which I would love to get on this show. I love that movie. Uh, Kick-Ass 2 and Supernatural. And finally, we have Keith, played by Charles Officer. Uh, He was in Bury the Lead, Regeneration, Kojak, and Born to be Blue. So, His hair in this movie looks like Sideshow Bob. You know what, though? I love it, though. <laughs> it's kind of cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's go around the table and see what everyone thinks of this flick. Sam, as you're our guest, it's customary we start with you. What are your <laughs> thoughts? <laughs> All right. <laughs> so I, I have to start here before getting into this, that... um. Going with the first American Psycho, being a huge fan of that and that movie totally being about like greed and consumerism and ego and no empathy and the leisure class and all that. This had none of that. (laughs) (laughs) Not Yes, you could consider her an American Psycho. She is a psychopath, but it shouldn't be connected to the original one like in any way shape or form and actually the therapist eric i really enjoyed his acting in this like anytime he was on it i i really enjoyed him and like him kind of like putting it all together and stuff i did enjoy what he presented to it because he was the only one that made any fucking sense see he was very hit and miss for me but i but i'll get there (laughs) (laughs) And it is a cool concept of like, are you willing to do whatever for your dreams? But she contradicted herself constantly. Like the first opening thing saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to, you know, my life goal is to help catch serial killers, to get rid of serial killers, clearing the earth of them and everything. And then she just starts putting a cat in a microwave and killing random fucking people and being like, well, it's for my goal. So it's cool. Like, (laughs) I'm not really a serial killer. Yeah, you totally just contradicted yourself in the first fucking intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Oh, it's so bad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I really wish I had have had time to to rewatch the first movie just so I could kind of compare and contrast a little bit more. But this has absolutely nothing to do with the original. In fact... The, the the reason they connect them is so fucking shoehorned and it is only it doesn't in even like... make sense no, Patrick Bateman, if some woman showed up at his door with a fucking kid he'd be like sorry gotta cancel yeah. you know the same thing he did with like his uh secretary you know it got a yep. little awkward and he's like you know what never mind please i gotta leave. return some videotapes mm-hmm. yep yeah no it uh he it would have never been sense. in that situation <laughs> And the reason they were in that situation made me angry. <laughs> like, yes. once they explain it later, I'm like, are you fucking serious? It's so stupid. 
Like, that chick was trying to get her boyfriend, that professor, like, angry by hooking up with, like, this case he was obsessed with. Like, what? Yeah. And, like, <laughs> so the, prof- the the renowned FBI agent couldn't track down Bateman, but she just, like, found him while she was babysitting. Like, yeah. what? Really? <laughs> and took the kid with her. Like, right. oh, my God. Let's Let's go. Field I'm- trip. I'm going to go fuck this serial killer here. Come along. (laughs) What? And is it really that easy to con your way into the FBI? Like, yeah, she was taking over that other girl who had like really good academics and stuff, but there's fingerprints, there's blood work, there's physicals like. And and, okay. I know, I know we're already jumping way the fuck ahead. Yeah. Sorry. no, 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 no. I, I got a bitch about this. Like, you mentioned that she takes over the identity of that other girl, but here's the thing. The first person she takes over the identity for, they, they make a big deal about she's an orphan. She has no family. She has no connections. Is it the same for the other girl? Does she have no yeah. family and no connections? Because she was alive last time we saw her. <laughs> yeah, and a lot taller. Right. <laughs> oh, like a good six inch taller. She stopped wearing high heels because she knows how bad they are for your feet and calves. <laughs> Sensible footwear only. I can appreciate that. I, I like oh, that yeah. explanation, Susie. Thank you. <laughs> I like that. I mean, it makes oh. sense. It's definitely plausible. It's. I just. Oh my god. I. I. I we got to get to. I'll, I'll. I'll get to my turn. <laughs> Maurice, let's throw it over to you. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I told you earlier, off the air. I've seen better <laughs> Lifetime movies. <laughs> <laughs> and that's saying a lot. Men never tell. <laughs> Why did they this cut one? every kill scene, too, except for, like, the last one? Oh, yeah, everything or was done list. off camera. Yeah. All the kill scenes were done in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. Well, and all the other kill scenes, they weren't, there was no scene. They alluded to the death, and then we saw the body yep. later. Yep. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, uh, there is no direction for this movie. Uh, I can't think of anything good about it. <laughs> what do you think, think of was... the generic early 2000s rock? Oh, it was bad. <laughs> no, so, there's Maurice, nothing... there... Do you think it was an unnecessary sequel? It's unnecessary, period. <laughs> <laughs> it's unnecessary for anyone to ever watch. That's that's why and, we watched it. We watched it so the masses don't have to. And I dare somebody to comment and say they actually like this movie. <laughs> I'd be really curious to find out if anybody does like this. So anyone listening and, to this, if you like Omei, it, let us know. Omei probably and I, does. And all you <laughs> motherfuckers out there that made us watch this. Watch this. <laughs> you can go fuck off. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> My bad. I, I, I'm just going to go ahead and say uh, most of the people who voted for this also voted for next week. So buckle up. <laughs> buckle up, buckaroos. Uh, I, I, I can't agree with the, the psychiatrist part of this, uh, Sam, though. Uh, I don't think he was that bad. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of the act, I mean, uh, Mila Kunis, his, her, she's done because every time I hear, hear her talk, all I can think of is Meg. So, <laughs> yep, I I can't even like take her seriously. 
<laughs> Shut up, Meg. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, a lot of the story didn't make sense. Uh, the writing was terrible. I mean, there was nothing good about it. The kills weren't even that good looking. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene with the janitor that just looked terrible. Yeah, I, I like that one. The mop kill was the only one like that was visually pleasing when they showed it. Oh, I laughed my ass off because I was like, it was poor... it was funny, but it it didn't look good. I didn't think it looked good. Nah, this poor janitor, he just is like, like he's just rolling his little fucking mop past the door, and he's like, "What's happening here?" And then next thing, he's dead in a dumpster. I was like, <laughs> nice "Oh, <mop. laughs> yeah, exactly, nice mop, dead." Yeah, she's like, I'm not a serial killer, just other serial killers. And then she's even killing the janitor. Like, she could have, t- like, he didn't see shit, you know? Right, he just exactly. saw her closing the window, so he could have gone. Mm-hmm. He had to die. He had to die. At, at, yeah. at that point, she was just killing everybody. Yeah. So, so uh, not a fan as well, huh? <laughs> nah, nah. Well, let's see if uh, we have a unanimous thing here. Uh, Susie, what are your thoughts? It's unanimous. <laughs> it's unanimous. I wasn't I wasn't sure if this was supposed to be a horror comedy. Like, the music at the very end. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. There's like, the, the chase scene. The chase scene. scene. I'm like, what is this? <laughs> fucking Benny Hill? It's so bad. Like, oh, my I could God. Not- Hold on, I got to comment on this real quick, because at first I just thought it was chase music, and then I realized it's supposed to be playing in her car, because yeah. every single time they go in, they show inside of the car, the music gets super loud, and then when they show outside of the car, it's all muffled and quiet, and I'm like, wait, is she listening to the chase music? <laughs> of <laughs> course, <laughs> gotta prepare. I, I mean, oh God, it's so funny. I, I agree that the psychiatrist was the the best part of the movie, but that's still not even saying much. Yes. No, no. <laughs> and ill, William Shatner is so ew. That's how she's gotta... still playing a ladies man. He like, was like really 70... he was like 71 during this. Yeah. Yeah, and he's still he was banging a bunch of college students. <laughs> so gross. So gross. It was just it the beginning, I agree with Sam. Patrick Bateman, Bateman never would have mm-hmm. let a woman into his apartment with a child in tow. And yeah, oh, Mr. Big FBI, Big Dick FBI man. Can't find mm. him, but his fuck buddy can. It's just, it's <laughs> preposterous. She looked at the file once while they were in bed, and she was like, oh, he's good looking. Why am I with you? Next thing you know, she's over at Patrick Bateman's house. Yeah, getting her getting her pussy torn inside out. Literally, yeah. <laughs> like, when we see the intestines all over, it's like, oh, he, he gutted her. But, uh... Yeah, not a fan. Not a fan. Yeah, but, no. But, it... I, okay. I will say this. When Mila Kunis is jogging... She has a very nice butt. See, you know, it's funny. I had the opposite comment there. I said, Mia Kunis has pancake butt. <laughs> She's I kinda... thought her pants were very strange. Like, I wasn't <laughs> sure if they were going to fall down or not. They looked well, like remember, they didn't quite fit right. Remember, it was that time where the yogging suits, the yogging mm. pants, all had to go just above your cooch. Like, that's where uh, they sat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
like every pair of pants in the early 2000s for for the ladies were those like hip huggers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh but no, I I completely agree with with everybody here. Um this is a a hot steaming pile of garbage. Um I actually kind of disagree about Dr. Daniels though. I did not like him one bit and I couldn't stop laughing at his reactions, especially like you know, okay, so he has the interview or the the therapy session with her and then immediately is like fuck patient confidentiality and calls his buddy and is just being loud about it you know and then she catches him talking about it and then he quickly is like oh i love you too mom you know and just (laughs) it's like what the fuck that is the dumbest thing and then like but it did seem like they were best friends so i can understand that you know like it did seem like they were super close i can and i can't because i'm like why would you like why would you risk your job on on the phone? You know what I'm saying? Like I could understand yeah, talking yeah. in person and being like, "Hey, you know, keep this keep this quiet." But yada yada yada. But no, he's just off on the phone. He's talking loudly, not even paying attention. Who's walking into the room? Like I'm breaking the law with this call. But hey, just so you know, it's like really. And then later on, when he's already talked about how you know we we got to be careful with this information, I could lose my job. Yada yada yada. He leaves a fucking message. And it's like, yeah, the girl that I thought hung herself is not the same girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you're just going to leave that message out there. And and I'm sure the cops didn't find that at all. I'm sure he just got to keep his career, right? Like, Well, we saw what happens at the end. <laughs> well, right. That's what I'm saying. Like, so it, I, I didn't like his character. I didn't like any character in this movie. <laughs> they were all assholes. And what was up with the cops? Like, all of a sudden, they found all the bodies at the same time. Like, right <laughs> when they happened to be about to chase her. Like, the guy that she killed in the library, that was hours ago. And he screamed. Uh-huh. So, and, yep. and it was broad It took daylight. people that long to, like, see? Oh, maybe, what was that scream in the library? Or, like... No. Nope, nope. It was the old, if a tree falls in the forest and there's no one around, does it make a sound? See, I think what happened was the old librarian, you know, shushed really loud from the front desk. And then because he got quiet after that scream, she's like, oh, he listened. And then she just never checked. <laughs> but the, the, oh my God, there's so many things. But I, I will say when you talk about the, the cops finding the, the bodies, that scene, I was cackling. Because yeah, they just th- did the montage. And like the but the look on the, the like the the uh I don't know what he was, like the second in command, like whatever you call the, the guy who was in Land of the Dead, the guy who played Jim, um, who was trying to give Dr. Daniels tea the whole time. Mm. That the look on that guy's face in every photo they showed was cracking me up. Because he was just like peering over the other cop's shoulder, like, oh, is it another dead body? Like he just looked so <laughs> shocked. And why was the law enforcement in that town so inept? Yeah, uh, it's yeah, <laughs> and it was set in Washington, but Patrick Bateman lived in New York City. Uh huh. So that yeah, what? Well, yeah, and, it- and Quantico is in like it's in Virginia or Maryland. Yeah. Yep. Well, keep in mind the whole Patrick Bateman stuff that happened at the very beginning before she went to college, so. That could have been in New York oh, City, okay. and then she moved to Washington. Yeah, but, yeah, true. But yeah, I mean, this we are going to be all over the place on this episode because there's just so much to fucking bitch about. But you know, as as we're talking about uh, this, it should probably explain what the plot is for people. 
Um, so as Sam eloquently put it at the beginning, this has nothing to do with the first American Psycho, which is a good movie. Go watch that. They um, had an opportunity in the restaurant when her and Brian went out to dinner in the restaurant. I was like, awesome. They can do it like the first movie. You know, he's going to like order this exquisite menu into detail and they get fucking cocktails and that's it. Yep. <laughs> yep. And, that, and then they want to have sex. I, just, ooh, I, I got so many problems with this. Um, but the, the, the basic plot of this is a girl named Rachel Newman has developed a taste for murder and will stop at nothing to become a college professor's assistant. <laughs> It's the dumbest plot line ever. Like, she basically is like, I really want to be that TA. I'm going to kill for it. Like, what? Uh, but we we open this movie with young Rachel Newman murdering Patrick Bateman because her babysitter took her on a date with Bateman instead of doing fun babysitter stuff. <laughs> she murders him and then declares that she's going to hunt serial killers for the rest of her life. And then we cut to adult Rachel at college. Like, the opening is the only thing that ties it to American Psycho even a little bit. It, yep. Oh, it's so bad. But uh, the, the the one thing that they tried to do in this to make it consistent with the first movie is the constant narration from Rachel. You know, like Patrick Bateman constantly narrated in the first movie, but it was good and made sense to the character. She's just all well, over the place. He was narrating like, about things. You know, he was talking about music or talking about like shopping or people's clothes. She was just like, I'm saying whatever's on my mind. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she was just narrating like, I'm going for a jog now. I want a sandwich. Like it was just <laughs> dumb narration. Yep. But, uh, you know, she gives us a little backstory about herself. Basically parents. Okay. She talks about how her parents were divorced. Her dad was sleeping with the secretary, this, that, and the other. But then we meet the parents later, and they're happily together. Well, I wouldn't say happily. They're grumpy with each other, but they're still together. Mm-hmm. Movie's got a movie. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you're, but you said at the start, I'm confused. <laughs> so... <laughs> But we find out she's taking a class about serial killers, and one in particular is taught by Captain Kirk, who is a renowned FBI agent who stopped several serial killers. But his last case was the mysterious death of Patrick Bateman. So he gave up on being an FBI agent and went into teaching for plot reasons. (laughs) And to sleep with students. Yeah, and to fuck students. (laughs) So we find out that she really wants to be the next TA because she thinks that it'll help her get into Quantico, uh, the FBI training program. So she breaks it down for us and we find out her main competition for the position are Brian, the rich boy who got in on his parents' money, Cassandra, who's screwing the teacher. And I love how at this point when she's th- like narrating about this, she's like, there's no way she's, she's having sex with him. He's way too old. And then they instantly confirm that she's having sex with them. <laughs> it's yep. like, why even have that line of dialogue if literally in the next three seconds of screen time, you're going to contradict it? Like, right? Because that's everything in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally we got Keith, basically the next smartest person in the room to her. Um, he's the only one giving her a run for her money, but she still beats him out every time. So we see her fill out the application while she narrates on how it's just a formality and she'll get the position, blah, blah, blah. But then when she goes to drop off the application, 
we see Brian is there basically being told he's too dumb to get the, uh, the TA position. So he flips out on how important his family is and makes an idle threat about bashing the secretary's brains in. Just, you know, just so you might question for a moment, is he the killer? Because right. uh-huh. <laughs> I love how they try to trick you in the next scene. And it's like, wow, you guys just really dropped that whole plot thread, didn't you? Like, it was all like three seconds of the movie. But. I thought maybe it was like, ooh, could they kill together? Oh, maybe that's the what they're stupid, yeah. weird romance thing that was going on between them, which was so ridiculous. Oh, it was. No, absurd. no they had to throw in the red herring in. Mm-hmm. But when Rachel drops off her application, she's told that they don't allow freshmen to do this. And Rachel complains like, well, Starkman already told me I could do it. <laughs> I love how the secretary... Okay. So my huge issue with this scene is she goes in there. That lady says that, but then she says, but I will ask. But then Rachel automatically goes into flipping out. It's like, she just said she'd ask. Shut the fuck up and get out of the room. But then she pushes it. So then the lady's like, never mind. Fuck you. And it's like, yeah, because yeah, she won't shut the fuck up. Well, because I love it. She's, I mean, she doesn't actually say this, but she's basically like, too bad, so sad, sucks to be you. Here's a pamphlet on freshman stress. Yeah. I fucking lost it. But so then we, we cut to, to someone watching the secretary as they're going home for the day. She arrives at home to find her cat, Ricky Martin, in the microwave. Now, for a moment, you know, like I hadn't seen this since it came out. For a moment, I was like, wait, I don't remember her killing a cat. And I got all nervous because I was like, did I forget about a microwaved cat? But, yeah, I got real upset when I thought that was going to happen. Yeah. Like, it had yeah, been so long since I'd seen it. Oh, God. That's not something, like, why would she be harming an animal? Like, she's obviously saying that she's, like, trying to be like Dexter and whatnot. But then she's, like, harming an animal? Like, mm-hmm. how does that line up with, like, your ambition? It, it doesn't, even a little. It's for serial yeah. killers start, right? Killing animals? True, true. But, you know, she started by killing another serial killer. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Mm-hmm. And she's but, not a serial killer. She's doing this for the good of everyone. That's well, at, true. At this point, she's technically not a serial killer because she's only killed one person. <laughs> so, <laughs> but... So, you know, the lady quickly gets her cat out of the microwave. And I love how she's like, how'd you get in there, naughty cat? Like, yeah, the cat put himself in the microwave and started it. Dumbass. <laughs> like, I'd be looking around my house like, holy shit, who's here? But no, <laughs> she, she's too busy playing with Ricky Martin and, and uh, you know, then gets murdered by the mystery assailant who we see leave the house in a hoodie and like a black hoodie and jeans. And then we uh, we cut to the same hooded figure right outside Rachel's dorm and you know we get the 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 thought of like oh shit is there a killer there but no it's Brian and he feels they have sexual tension so they should go out to dinner and Rachel's (laughs) just like okay like wait what why is this even in here sure we cut because if it wasn't the movie would only be an hour and 15 minutes and they couldn't put it in the theater well it didn't go to the theater thank god but uh (laughs) You know, it it this was a quick movie. Like it was very fucking short. Because uh, while it is an hour and twenty eight minutes, I think like five minutes of that was credits. Um, yeah, yeah. But the last <laughs> half an hour kind of dragged for a little bit. Oh, absolutely. Oh, like, there was definitely... a moment there it would drag on. 
I feel like this whole movie dragged on. Like maybe it was just because I was, you know, really bored with it, but <laughs> it was quick, but yeah, it felt it felt long. Um so we cut to the- <laughs> That's what she said. Well, actually, she did when she was talking about Starkman. Uh, That's true. <laughs> but we cut to Rachel, uh, Rachel and Cassandra talking while while Rachel's getting ready for her dinner date with Brian. We get the gross conversation from Cassandra about how much she hates Starkman's family because he spends too much time with them. And I love it because Rachel's like Cassandra. It's his wife and daughter, and she's like, "So, <laughs> like, okay." This whole conversation is gross. And then we get this moment where Cassandra asks Rachel, why is she going with Brian today to for a dinner date? And she's like, there was a moment where we looked across the room and we saw each other and I knew he was my soulmate. And she's like, oh, really? And she's like, no. What is the point of that? Like, what is the point of any of that? None of this moves the plot at all. Nope. Nope. It's I like cheese dialogue. But it's and it's the worst type, because at least with the normal I like cheese dialogue, it's like a dumb joke, like a knock knock joke or like 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 in in Friday the 13th, too, where we got like the five minute sequence of all of them just telling dumb jokes to each other. Like that's that's good. I like cheese dialogue. We're like, yeah, we know the scene is pointless, but at least we're trying to make it entertaining here. They're just like, be sarcastic. Say something dumb. It's I hated it. But. We cut to the two of them at dinner, Brian and Rachel, and he basically confirms to her that he's going to get the TA position because of a sizable donation that his family made to the school for a new science building. He still wants to remain friends, though, so he's asking her to drop out of the running and he'll pay her. (laughs) What did he say? You'll be rewarded with seven figures from my family (laughs) or something like that. That's exactly like seven figures of my gratitude. And it's like, okay, so you're you're offering to bribe her. And oh, and he does talk about how he has uh photos of Cassandra and Starkman. And if Cassandra gets it, those those photos will get out. So, you know, both of them will be ruined. Um and because of this, the two of them go back to her dorm to screw around. Um oh wait, I'm sorry, I forgot one thing. She she has like this snarky Bob Dylan quote. I can't remember what she fucking said. But he's like, huh? And she's like, Bob Dylan, maybe you heard of him, huh? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what What was the point of that? <laughs> I don't, I have so many times in my notes, what was the point of that? Because there's yep. just so much of it. But yes, that was the whole he, movie. <laughs> it really was. But we, we smash cut to them like stumbling through the dorm, half drunk, like acting like they're really like, you know, in the bag there. And then they get in her room and suddenly both of them are completely sober. Like, the acting is so bad. Do you Mm -hmm. think that she was pretending to be drunk, though? She may have been, but why why was he stumbling around and, like, going into the wrong rooms and stuff like that? Because he he really was drunk. Right, but he was just playing around the whole time. But as soon as they get in the the dorm, he's just like, oh, hey, I don't have a rubber. I don't know what to do. But, But, like, he's totally with it again. Sobering reality that he's not going to get laid. <laughs> well, yeah, she goes to blow him, and he's like, "Oh, I got no yeah. rubber." <laughs> yeah, it's like, dude, you could have just got a blowjob, and you're like, "Whoa, wait." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I love that she strangles him with the rubber that she gets from Brain Grape. 
Oh, uh, it looks see. so ridiculous too when she first puts it around <laughs> his neck and it's just on his jaw. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> this scene pissed me off like so bad because he throws himself on her bed and like, he lifts up the sheets and there's a tarp there and he's like, huh? Piss sheet? <laughs> then he looks at a photo on her nightstand, sees an ice pick, picks up the ice pick and stares at it. And then we get this like three second scene where she puts the rubber around his neck. He stops and looks up before she starts to choke him. He then sets the ice pick down. Why wouldn't you swing it over your shoulder at your assailant? You have a weapon in your hand, but no, he just puts it back where he found it and dies. Yep. Well, in his family, other people do the killing for them. So he was just waiting. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That was good, Sam. (laughs) And American Psycho takes place in the 80s. That is clearly like late, like she's too old to be like if uh, yeah, they said is it was hard. six years. It yeah. said it was like six years. Yeah, so this was supposed to take place in what, like the nineties, even though everything is in the early two thousands? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, the timeline doesn't make any fucking sense either. Like, why wasn't she dressed like TLC with a condom over her eye? See? <laughs> Then she wouldn't have had to get one from Brain Grape. Yeah. A condom over her eye. Yeah. Lisa Left Eye Lopez, rest in peace, used to wear, put a condom over her her glasses. (laughs) Oh, Jesus Christ. I totally lost my place. I was laughing too hard at that. Oh, fuck. Um, We were talking about how this is, the timeline is also. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) Well, when when she's choking him out with the the condom, did you guys notice the jaunty little tune playing? Yeah, that's what I was like. Is this supposed to be like? Did they not tell me that this was actually a supposed to be a comedy? <laughs> well, I, know, I was the... waiting at the end for everybody to just be sitting in a room somewhere, like, yeah, we're good, <laughs> right? Like April <laughs> Fool's Day. Be like, Haha, yeah. we're joking. But after she kills him, she goes ribbed for her pleasure, <laughs> and I fucking <laughs> lost it. I was like, it's so dumb. So she she narrates as she's disposing of the body, talking about how it's okay that she killed him because, you know, she really needs to get into the FBI so she can stop other serial killers. So really, it's for the greater good. It's kind of like Robin Hood. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So Except we, for Robin Hood has morals. Yeah. Well, and she even Which goes, she goes, maybe I need professional help. Smash cut to her in therapy. And she waxes on about how she'll, she will get the TA position and she will get into the FBI, blah, blah, blah. Basically, she freaks out the therapist a bit by her, de- by her determination. Uh, once she leaves, he freaking Daniels calls Starkman. He's like, hey, I can't tell you who, but one of your students came to me for a session and she's crazy. She might want to kill some folks. <laughs> Like he's he's warning the teacher. Like he's like, turn your FBI senses on. You might have a fucking serial killer in your class. And he's like, oh, okay, it's fine. <laughs> you know. But I, I love this because Rachel comes back in and Doctor Daniels pretends to be on the phone with his mom and looks fucking horribly guilty. And she, he's like, oh, I got to get off the phone, ma. I have an appointment downtown. Bye. <laughs> so he gets off the phone. <laughs> 
And then she starts grilling him about it and catches an inconsistency in his story. Because he tells her, oh, well, Rachel, you got to go. I have an I have an appointment coming to my office in a moment. She goes, well, that's not nice to lie to your dear old mom. Which is it, Dr. Daniels? Do you have an appointment downtown or someone coming to your to your uh, uh, your office now? And he's just like, oh, uh, she's like, bye. And she takes off. <laughs> so now we get the Rachel jogging montage for no reason other than to fill time. <sighs> I, I hate movies that do this where they're like, she we don't getting, have. She was getting prepped. Yeah. When she's, when she catches all the serial killers. True. Cause she said, she did say she had to, she had to clear her mind that her dad always said that a change of scenery was best. So we just get Mia Kunis jogging down, down to the river where she's throwing a bunch of shit in the river. <laughs> she should have been in a van down by the river. <laughs> but <laughs> but so now we cut to Rachel arriving at the Dean's party where she showed up late because she was too busy breaking things down by the river. And okay, what was up with the girl? She passes somebody as she's walking into the Dean's party and she just goes, bitch. Yeah. Like, who was that? It, obviously a bitch. Well, yeah, but then, then the girl like came back and said it to her, you know? Yeah, she bumps into her and she's like, bitch, and then walks away. And I'm like, okay, was there supposed to be a rivalry between these two? Like, it's it's never touched on again in the movie. It's just this one scene. But I also I have to comment on this. The, the horror snob conversation that's going on between Captain Kirk and all his cronies, where he's going on about how Ed Gein was the inspiration for Psycho and, and Leatherface and blah, blah, blah. And First he's just, of all, Ed Gein was not a, was not a serial killer. Mm-hmm. He was a grave robber. Exactly. Yeah. But you, I'm, I know you guys have had these conversations with people where, where, you know, they're excited to tell you all about the, the movie monsters that Ed Gein inspired. And there, there was just, there's that, horror snob conversation that happens all the time. It's, it's like a horror snob talking point. And as soon as he started talking about it, I couldn't stop giggling because I'm like, I've had this conversation with people. I've had this exact conversation with people where people want to tell me all about how Ed Gein was the cause for that. And it's like, yeah, m- most people know. <laughs> it's not It's not really that uncommon to know that information. <laughs> oh, God. So Rachel gets annoyed that she was late. Uh, and she goes on with her little narration about how the whole plan was that she was going to get there early before all the little hangers on and she was going to have Starkman all to herself. But no, she spent too much time down by the river. <laughs> then Cassandra comes down and talks to her and drops the bomb on her that Captain Kirk told her she's going to get the TA position so they could fuck without his wife finding out. And <laughs> I love how well Cassandra is telling Rachel the news. There's this super loud experimental jazz playing in the background, drowning right? out the entire scene. <laughs> and like, I get it. They're trying to show that Rachel is going crazy, but it's so fucking heavy handed and badly done. I couldn't stop giggling. I was like, it's so bad. She's cracking. She's cracking. <laughs> it was like, let's She's play this jazz cracked. really loud. Right. <laughs> Uh, so Rachel convinces Cassandra to leave the party and get a bottle of wine so they can hang out. Smat, like, emphasis on the hang out. 
Smash cut to Cassandra hanging dead in her dorm room with a suicide note pinned to her chest. He didn't love me. He didn't me. love me enough. I'm sorry. Yep. <laughs> so we we cut to Rachel showing up at Dr. Daniel's office where she basically lays into him about how he's a loser and he's like Ed Gein and she's awesome and won't stand for him judging her. So she's not coming <laughs> back for another session. He's like, you got Bobby or she's like, you got mommy issues like Ed Gein. Bye. <laughs> and then she calls for another session. Right. That she, she doesn't show up to. Oh, it's so dumb. <laughs> so back in class, we get we get this little back and forth between Keith and Rachel arguing about Ted Bundy, trying to prove who understood more about him. Rachel ultimately wins the argument, but then asks uh, Captain Kirk a hypothetical question, and he tells her that they deal in facts, not hypotheticals, to which Keith okay. smirks. Good. So the so my issue with this, so they were having that discussion about Ted Bundy and everything. And at first I missed that they said Ted Bundy. I just heard like his point and then I heard her point and I was like, okay, so that can understand why Patrick Bateman had like a kid there, you know, and didn't dismiss it or whatever. Maybe he was getting kind of like crazy. And I thought maybe they were talking about him. But then when I rewound it and realized they were talking about Ted Bundy, I was like, well, you could have fucking explained Patrick Bateman right there, but you didn't take it. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) It would have made some sense, you know, that he was really planned and then he got messy towards the end. You know, and, and that and that's the thing. That's that's it. Exactly. Like with, with Patrick Bateman. Well, and where he gets messy at the end, you also have to question, is he actually a serial killer or is it all in his head? Because there's yes. that whole question of like, did he imagine all this or did mm-hmm. he actually do it? Because he keeps getting away with it, even though he gets super sloppy at the end. So it's like there's part of it where it's like, OK, is, I think this is all in his head. I love the fact that there's that question in that movie. Um, but the weird thing is with the novel, like it's it's mentioned briefly that his father owns the building and the company. So maybe true. he was a little crazy and maybe daddy's got somebody following him around cleaning up his messes. Well, see, and that's the great thing you about know? that, because it, it leaves it up to the interpretation of yeah. the viewer. Yeah, you know, which Definitely. is very cool. Yep. <clears throat> but um, but yeah, so when, once she kind of like. Uh, gets gets told that they don't deal in hypotheticals. Keith smiles, which, you know, seals his fate. We cut to Keith being watched as he goes into the library. Rachel follows him in and is about to kill him with an ice pick, but then pauses when she sees his sketchbook is filled with sketches of himself murdering people. And she's <laughs> like, aw, kindred spirit. Too bad I gotta kill him. And then she stabs him, because the plot yeah. says so. <laughs> And he screams, and no one hears it for hours. Right. Days, even. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, yeah, I think it was a day. Yeah, because there's well, like... Oh, they good. probably just shushed him. He was yeah. in the library, so they probably just showed him the shush. He shushed, and, you know, <laughs> and they no, left him alone. No one was the wiser. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. So we cut to Starkman being watched as he heads into the girls' dormitory to find Cassandra. Uh, There he runs into another student who's hitting on him and saying that she thinks she has a good chance to get the TA position. And like he says, there's there's some heavy competition this year. Is he alluding to the fact that he's fucking a bunch of students? Like, is that what what we were supposed to get from that scene? 
Yes. Mm-hmm. Is that other girl from the class member? She like made some comment when she saw him outside of Cassandra's door. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This 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 yeah. one right here. Where yep. uh, is she? Is she alluding to the fact that she was humping him too? Like I'm confused. It seemed like it, and maybe that was the same girl that was at the party. No, I think that was a brunette. Yeah, I was no wait no the girl at the party was blonde. She just had her hair. Yeah, she just had her hair done up like like tight up to her head. So um, maybe it was her. So maybe she was kind of because didn't she mention at the beginning that her biggest competition was those few people, but there was a few other ones, and they briefly showed some other girl that was like in their class. If they did, I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, because <laughs> I I didn't I, think I didn't, might have. I just I remember she talked about how you know she was a shoe in but she had you know she had some competition because she's like even though my gpa is rock solid that's the grades aren't everything and then she she mentions uh cassandra keith and um brian yeah and how did she know the girl that she murdered had rock solid grades she likes studying people's gpas before she takes over their lives yeah she She's I mean, just she, doing I, what, whatever the script tells her. <laughs> <laughs> Movie's got I mean, a movie. I mean, she's not a dumb girl. I mean, the you know the writing for the movie sucks, but I mean, <laughs> the character she's she's not dumb, right? I'm yeah. sure she's doing her homework. Yeah, but she's also not Rachel. Yeah, which we're gonna find out shortly. <laughs> it's so uh, it's so dumb. But after after the random student that might be fucking Captain Kirk walks away, he uses the key on a, a key on Cassandra's room and goes in to find her dead. He quickly takes the note, takes uh, there's there was a picture. Pic- it was um like a photo, a photo booth, booth picture. picture. Yeah. Yeah. Of the two of them. He quickly snags that. And uh, then he hears the answering machine go off and he takes out the tape from the answering machine and quickly takes off. And then he immediately calls Dr. Daniels, thinking Cassandra was the student that Daniels was talking about when he called her. Uh, the two argue over whether or not she was suicidal or homicidal. And Stark, <laughs> Starkman's like, I think you're really fucked up on this one. And then he admits to fucking her. And, and he asks Daniels for Valium. And Daniels is like, okay, I'll order it for you. <laughs> Sending it right over. And while he's, tra- he's trying to ask him a question, he's like, Basically, how could you do this to your wife? Starkman hangs up on him. just like, fuck you. <laughs> but we cut to the next day in Starkman's class where Rachel is waiting for the big news. His current TA, Elizabeth McGuire. Oh, that's one thing I forgot to mention. The first session, the therapy session, where um, Daniels asks her, who, do you, who would you want to be if you could be anybody? She says, Elizabeth McGuire. And he goes, who's that? And she says the current TA who's a shoe in for Quantico, blah, 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 blah. And goes on about how she want, basically wants that girl's life. That'll mm-hmm. be important later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I use Im- important in quotes. Um, but, so uh, Elizabeth comes in and tells the class that Stargman regrets to inform them that his sabbatical from teaching, which was planned to happen the next year, is now is, is happening now. So Effective there won't immediately. Yeah, so there won't be a TA for the next semester. Everyone groans their disapproval and leaves except for Rachel, who sits there looking forlorn and listens to generic early 2000s rock. (laughs) It was so bad. (laughs) 
Also, we cut to Rachel going to Starkman's office whilst wearing the same dress and necklace that Cassandra had been rotting in for days. So that had to smell lovely. But then she had it back on when the police found her body hanging. Right. (laughs) Yeah. So she like borrowed it and then returned it. And then put it back on the corpse. This is yeah. probably the best example of movies got a movie ever. The scab, the, <laughs> like it's so bad. Like nothing the, makes the, sense. I don't know what the hell happened with the writer, but what did he do after this? Or did he actually do anything? The, Good? Oh, I, you know, I I don't know. I don't know who wrote this one. The the director didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Um, let me let me see this. Let's see, the d- director uh, mostly did television stuff. <laughs> but but that, that whole concept of, like, so she shows up wearing Cassandra's dress and necklace, but the last time, like, we saw Starkman find Cassandra's body, and she was wearing that dress and necklace while she was hung. And at that point, when he finds her, her body is bloated and, like, pale, and we see the veins all poking out. So, like, you know her bowels released. She already shat and peed in that dress. Yep. So, so freaking Rachel's just like, ah, eh, it's fine. And puts on the dress. So she confronts Starkman and tells him her story of how uh, she was at Bateman's house the night of the murder. We find out that her babysitter was actually fucking Star- Starkman. She saw Bateman in one of his folders and decided she's going to go fuck a serial killer and bring the young girl she was watching. So why not? Like, <laughs> It doesn't make any sense. I hate this so much. I hate the connection so much. But so she freaks out Starkman. And he's like, oh, stop it. Stop what you're saying to me. I I don't like it. And he takes a drink and falls out a window. Yep. So just to cut you off real quick, uh, the writers Alex Sanger and Karen Craig have mm -hmm. one movie credit writing experience to their. That's it. (laughs) Yep. Just this to the resume. Yep. One right, and I think it was Karen Craig, and it was called um, "Forbidden Fruit" or something. Oh, "Forbidden Secrets." So I don't. I'm afraid to click on the movie. <laughs> it sounds like one, it sounds like one of those Skinamax movies. Yeah, I it's, think it it's is. Not. No, it's not because Christy Swanson's in it. Ah. But, uh, uh Yeah, that's. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, the writers never really worked much after this again. Uh, (laughs) The one got this Forbidden Secrets in 2005, and IMDb has a 4.9 out of 10 for that movie. So it shows you how good the writers were. Yeah, I I can see uh, anybody having this on their resume would be sad about it. I know Mia Kunis was. She she hated this movie. Oh, she... She she was happy went directed's uh, video. Mm-hmm. I would say uh, bo- both her and the writer of American Psycho have l- completely disavowed this film. Yep. <laughs> now to her defense, to to her defense, she did say that the uh, the script was written different than what the final product was. So how true oh, that I, is? I mean, I'm honestly, I honestly think it probably was because. If, there's a piece of trivia that states that this wasn't intended. This was not made to be uh, an American Psycho sequel. Uh, that the the fact that um, American Psycho did so good, they shoehorned that into this. 
So the original idea for it was just this girl who was like trying to do anything to get what she wanted and was, you know, murdering people along the way. And kind of like Susie said, it's, it's kind of a horror comedy. So and that makes sense to the era. Like back in the early 2000s, there was a lot of like tongue in cheek horror movies happening, a lot of like deconstruction of the genre. So yeah, uh, makes sense. Yeah. It, so oh, is this a horror comedy or horrible comedy? Yes. Uh, it, it was supposed to be a horror comedy and turned out to be a horrible comedy. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought so. Yeah. Oh, my Lord. But yeah, so after Starkman falls out the fucking window, you know, she uh, looks down. And he's Which made the, no sense. Right. He just he fall he backs up and is like, Meh. <laughs> like it was it made no sense at all for him to follow that window. Like nope. He wasn't even walking fast He wasn't even walking fast enough backwards to do fall out. You you would have yeah. stopped yourself. Right. There's no way die from it. Like yeah. I don't think yeah. He only fell like a floor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and probably into a bush. Right. Like, I guess if he landed head down on concrete, yeah, but, you know. I mean, he just had a little scrape on his head, but that was about it. <laughs> right. And how did he get this, like, the stab wound on his chest? Because later when we see him, he's got, like, a stab wound on his chest, and I'm like, she didn't stab him. Yeah, like, his well, guts are, like, out. Yeah. yeah maybe, like, how, what? <laughs> maybe it was a deleted scene. Maybe. maybe she stabbed him, and that's why he fell out the window. She was just sitting there reading a file, poking him with a knife. <laughs> you know, just oh my god so he you know he she looks down sees him dead closes the window and then like i love how she like blows on her hands and rubs them together like oh it's a bit chilly in here and turns around to see the poor janitor watching her and she's like nice mop and then we see dead. the dead, dead janitor nice mop you want to fuck <laughs> oh poor janitor <laughs> but <laughs> She then loads uh, Starkman into her car and goes to drive away where she almost hits a security guard. And she's like way past the guard and he's yelling and shining his light at her like, hey, stop that. So she does. Why? Why did she stop? I thought she was going to like run him over like in reverse or something like that. But but no, she. Yeah, that scene, much like the rest of the movie made no sense <laughs> it really did <laughs> well because yeah she she backs up she gets out of the car and she's like oh sorry about that and he's like oh, you gotta slow down there and he looks in the car sees dead starkman we see rachel holding an ice pick and then he looks up to see rachel gone and then we cut to the next day where we'll, we'll find out later what happened to the security guard <laughs> it's like okay so we cut to Dr. Daniel's office. Uh, he finds out that Rachel is coming later for an appointment. And of course, he's confused as hell because he thought she committed suicide due to what Starkman told him. Um, and then cut back to Rachel's dorm where her parents show up for plot reasons. And we get this whole ridiculous scene about the stink in her dorm. Um, and the toilet is broken. Yeah, because apparently it's she's, keep, up. she's keeping a dead body in the closet. Um, which we'll find out more about in a minute, but how come nobody else commented on the scent in her dorm room? Like Cassandra was in there. Brian, Brian was, was in there. there. <laughs> N- nobody like you're telling me the body didn't start stinking until today. 
Like, right? Oh, remember it opened up because she goes in the class. She's like, oh, how did you get open? True. But at the same time, like, what was she doing? Sitting there smelling it? Because, like, when her parents came over, she's like, oh, sorry about the smell. The the toilet's backed up. I talked to, I talked to maintenance about it already. <laughs> and it's like, so you knew there was a stink in your room. Were you just, like, sniffing it? What was going on? She loves it. Fresh, <laughs> she was like, slaughtered bodies. She's like, mm, <laughs> rot. But make so good she, chili. Yeah, that's true. You know, uh, make the Bubba Sawyer chili. Um, <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but like, so her mom goes to like pick up some clothes and put them in the closet. And she's like, stop, mom. Don't look in there. Your presence in there. And she's like, oh, OK. <laughs> And then we get this whole back and forth about where they're going to go to dinner for her mom's birthday. And what does she say? Like Shay Gerard or something like that. And uh, she goes, is that Italian? Your father can't handle Italian. It's too spicy. <laughs> I was like, what? How is it spicy? It's just tomato sauce. What are you talking it's about? French no, mother. Mom, it's French. <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, ooh, la la. <laughs> oh, my God. It's so dumb. Garrison. Garrison, most merci beaucoup. Oh, that part cracked me the fuck up when she's like Garrison. I'm like, oh god, yep. I, I, yeah, I know people who would do that. <laughs> but <laughs> so she shoes her parents out of the dorm, basically being like, oh, I have a few things to do. You know, I, I, I got to get ready. I'll meet you at the the restaurant. And they're like, how will we find the way? And she's like, we'll talk later. She's like, we'll come back and pick you up. And they leave. <laughs> So back at Daniel's office, Rachel is late for her appointment. He calls Starkman again and leaves a very revealing message on the machine about the girl who hung herself. <laughs> and this is like, I'm like, wait, isn't this extremely incriminating? And then he, he then calls his mom and leaves a message about taking her out to dinner. But don't worry, I'll make sure I get you back in time for murder, she wrote. I was like, ah, oh, we got a connection. <laughs> so we cut to rachel and her parents at dinner for her mom's birthday and we have this whole conversation like she gives her mom cassandra's necklace so the 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 corpse necklace and her mom is like oh it's so beautiful this is the most beautiful gift i've ever been given and dad just taps it with a knife and goes it's stainless steel (laughs) she goes (laughs) that's sterling silver and he goes nah nah silver has a that different look. That's steel. <laughs> he was such a dumbass. I love. I love. I didn't know. Dad I, sounds like Peter Griffin. I was gonna say. I didn't yeah. know Peter Griffin was in this. <laughs> Shut up, Meg. <laughs> but Rachel goes to the bathroom, and for whatever reason, takes her mom's steak knife with her, and then begins narrating how she wants to murder her mom and rip out her vocal cords. Like, okay. So Dr. Daniels and his mom come to the same restaurant, of course, and are sitting right by Rachel's family. Um, also, quick question about the the uh, waiter. Did you guys notice he only had one eyebrow? No. <laughs> no. no, I did not. It was one. It was the same waiter from earlier that helped her and Brian. Yeah, but he totally had unibrow. He had Lou uh, from Prom Night eyebrow. Oh, my God. I, I, I think by this point, I was barely watching it. <laughs> I can't blame you, dude. I really can't. But so, oh, this whole this whole sequence—it's so bad. 
Oh, so it's so pointless because you think maybe he lu- she lured her therapist there to like kill his mom in the women's bathroom or something. But no, no, no. didn't no, happen. She, it was she to just, kill time. Yeah, she just yeah. come comes out and talks to Daniels and his mom, and she's like, "Oh my God, Mrs. Daniels, I would kill for that hat. Like literally, I would kill somebody for that hat. It's so cute. I would kill for that hat. <laughs> How many times are you gonna tell her you would kill someone for that hat?" And then she goes like she goes back to her table and Miss uh Dr. Daniel's mom's like, Oh, who's that young pretty little thing? I hope a girlfriend. And it's like, <laughs> dude, she's clearly like twenty years younger than your son. Yeah. <laughs> she can't see. She's old. Oh, it it it's 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 so bad. But so uh, you know, he comes over to the table and, and, and asks, he's like, uh, you know, Miss Newman, can I talk to you for a moment? And they walk away and the parents are like, would, why did he call her by a different name? That's the, the first hint we get that something's weird going on with the name. <laughs> um, so he talks to her for a moment, wanting, uh, wanting answers saying, I heard you hung yourself. And she's like, no, nah, I didn't hang myself. She did. And he's like, she, who doesn't matter. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and then Dr. Daniels was just like, oh, okay. <laughs> what the fuck? My bad. Uh, oh, there was also a moment I completely forgot to mention where, where Rachel was talking about, uh, like, she doesn't she doesn't she call Starkman? Yeah, she leaves a message with Starkman, doesn't she? Where she yeah. says, like, yes. they're getting ready oh, yeah. for their date They're tonight. I can't wait yeah. to see you. I love you. Yeah, she's like, uh, you know, uh, that we're going to the cabin. And she's like, I'll make you my eggs. What? Like, what? What is going on? You just you know, she'll give him her them. eggs. Oh, maybe. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. So she comes back to the table. But it all makes sense. The it phone knows. call. But, but at the does. end, it, at the end, it does because they think that she's the one who died in the car on their date. Oh, okay. yeah, you know, I didn't put any of that together. I was so, I was groaning so hard at this point. <laughs> yeah. I just I stopped connecting the dots. I was like, this is fucking awful. <laughs> but back at the table, mom asks Rachel why Daniels called her Newman. And she tells her she has no clue. She's like, I don't know, but I got to cut the dinner date short. I have a date. <laughs> and they're like, with a boy, I hope. And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> So we cut to Daniels arriving at Starkman's office and finding it in shambles. He immediately starts touching everything because that's a smart thing to do. He looks around nervously and goes to the police station to file a missing persons report on Starkman. And I love it because the cops are like, well, ain't that the damnedest thing? His wife just called wanting to do the same. I wonder what's going on. We've had a lot this week. It's crazy. (laughs) There's a whole bunch of missing persons. (laughs) Was was the deputy supposed to look like Don Knotts? I think so. That, that's the same guy. We saw him in Dawn of the Dead. He's one of the survivors that gets picked up in the in the truck that they that comes to the mall. He's mm-hmm. in, he's the butcher from Land of the Dead. He was in a lot of early two thousands horror movies. Um, I actually like that actor, but he's terrible in this movie. But uh, so they go on about all the other missing persons, like the secretary, and then and Rachel Newman. But when they, they checked on that one, they found her and that she was in her dorm and she was totally fine. And we get this little flashback scene of them going to Rachel's door and her opening up be like, oh, no, I'm not missing. Ha ha ha. 
<laughs> it's like, okay. Right here. And then Daniels is like, well, I don't trust that girl. Not one bit. Not one bit, I tells you. We got to figure out what's going on. <laughs> so Would you cop- be willing to go back to the dorm with me? Right. The cop cops explain that Newman was an orphan with no family and that her friends filed the report. Of course, this confuses Daniels further because he just met Rachel's parents. And then, the, yeah, he asks the cops to come to the campus with him. And they're like, all right, let's go. <laughs> so then that, they find the bodies. Yeah, yeah well, not yet, because now they find uh, we see uh, this is where Rachel opens her closet to reveal the corpse of the actual Rachel Newman. And we get the flashback of how she killed this girl and stole her identity and then called her parents and told them that she's accepted to Washington State. <laughs> it's like because you know for a serial killer she's who's supposed to be really smart she's a fucking dumbass like <laughs> i stole this girl's identity hey mom and dad this is where i am like really yeah and if her friends reported her missing on campus then why wasn't anybody else like that's not rachel thank yeah. you i had the <laughs> next thing i have what in my friends notes, Right. Yeah. The next thing I have in my notes is, did she kill all of Rachel's friends? Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. Like, how did no one know this wasn't Rachel? <laughs> so she drags Rachel's corpse out to the car where Starkman's body is still sitting. <laughs> like, she put a car cover on and just, just a rotting corpse in there. Yeah. yeah. At least there was a car cover, so that explains why no yeah. one found him. True, true. That, that at least yeah. explains a little bit more. So she loads in Rachel's body. She hops in and takes off as she's leaving. She almost hits the cops and Daniels and <laughs> Daniels sees that it's Rachel. And he's like, well, that's her. Follow that car. Follow that car. <laughs> and now we get the Scooby-Doo chase where Rachel runs. Oh, from the cops. That, that music. But, and the whole time she's hitting on Starkman, she's hitting on the corpse while she's driving with that jaunty little tune playing. <laughs> So the cops pull up alongside her and she starts ramming them. And so the cop is like, hold on, I got an idea. Pulls his gun out, makes the doc take the wheel of the car, then leans out the window and fires several shots up into the air, which makes her pull over. And he's like, oh, that did it. Let's go. (laughs) Yay, got her. That's so fucking stupid. So they go to walk up to the car. She waits until they're on either side of it. And then she bolts. She takes off again. And they're just like, oh, shit, she's a runner. Let's go. They hop back in a car and they follow. The cops come around the bend and find Starkman on the side of the road, leaning on a guardrail. They get out to go check on him. And suddenly Rachel's car comes flying out of nowhere, rams Starkman and goes into the river where it explodes in a ball of CGI. I have I have two questions here. First of all, if they were right behind her, how the fuck did she have time to get Starkman's body out of the car, set him up, and then drive away before they saw any anything? They didn't see taillights, didn't see headlights, didn't see the car moving. And where the fuck was the car hiding that they didn't see it and it's had enough time to, like, run at them? Like, what? None of this makes any sense. It's so bad. Are you really surprised by this? I mean, no, I'm more angry about it. (laughs) (laughs) 
But so after the the ball of CGI fire, we cut to a montage of news footage all about the murders and Rachel Newman. And, and this here is where... we see all the bodies discovered after multiple days. <laughs> with with the cops being like, "Oh, look at this one! Oh, look at this one!" <laughs> like, and I love it because this was here. Wow. And, Keith was still just laying in the library, missing his eyes. <laughs> yeah. And fucking the security guard was literally pinned in the uh, the security guard booth with an ice pick and no one noticed. He's just chilling there. Literally with the ice pick. <laughs> right. I see what you did there. Yeah, exactly. And smash cut to the FBI Academy Quantico and in Virginia two years two later. Two years later. We see Daniels lecturing there, talking about Rachel and how she was a super rare breed of serial killer. One, One in, a in a million. Oh, billion. One in a billion. Oh, he billion. did say billion, yeah. But why? And he's also promoting, he's also pulling uh, a Malcolm McDowell as Dr. Loomis. Loomis. Yeah, selling his book. Yeah. But, but I want to know, can anyone explain what was his reasoning for ta- for basically saying she's such a rare breed of serial killer? Like, what did she do that was out of the norm from a from a serial killer? She killed a bunch of people. She faked her identity. She hid the bodies. Like, what she was had parents it? who loved her? Yeah, oh, is that it? <laughs> 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 that maybe that's the thing that set her apart. I don't get it. But he's signing books after uh, his his little speech. And Rachel shows up, only now she's got a new identity. She's Elizabeth McGuire, the person she said she wished she could be. (laughs) And then she's like, can come true. Right. (laughs) She goes, she's like, because he goes, no, you can't be. And she goes, what, one in a billion? (laughs) (laughs) She walks away and he asks the next guy in line, do you know her? And he goes, oh, you mean Agent Newman? Yeah. First student, first sophomore to ever be drafted into the program, and it's like, oh, okay, so she's just that good, you know. So she's she's an yeah. FBI. She said Agent McGuire. Yeah, that's what I said, Agent McGuire. Um, but yeah, so we 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 close with a cleanup of the car wreck, while Nate while Rachel narrates that she needed Daniels to know what she did, because if no one alive knew what she did, well, it would be like she didn't do anything at all. Credits, the end. Thank you, baby Jeebus. It's over. Yep. <laughs> oh, Good my thing this movie God. was only an hour and 25 minutes. It was yep. so bad. <laughs> Do you know, this is this is right up there with with the good value pinhead. You know, I can, <laughs> you know, I agree. But at least with the good value pinhead, we got a couple of good death scenes. Okay, like, that's true. There, there was a little, just a little bit of gore to like ease the the shit factor. <laughs> oh, weren't yeah. there some titties in that movie too, though? Yes, yeah, we got some titties okay. as well. This movie, we got no titties, we got no gore, we got nothing, no, no redeeming qualities. Yeah, we just got a dead brain grape, <laughs> and a and a very oversexualized Captain Kirk. But I yes. guess he's always been oversexualized. Um. Yeah, no, I I really can't find a single redeeming factor about this movie. Like, even the fact that it has actors that I genuinely like. I don't mind Mia Kunis. I don't mind frickin' William Shatner. Um, even Chick who played Brain Grape, like you said, like I didn't I didn't hate her in movies that I saw her in. But it's it's a bad movie in every regard. <laughs> like everything about it sucks. Nothing yeah. makes sense. 
Oh God. This so I don't like do her parents not ever come to visit her at Quantico? Like that's a pretty big deal. You would think, but I mean she did say she wanted to kill her mom, so maybe she did. Her parents are probably dead. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I did have to laugh. She had though. to be Elizabeth now, so Yeah. But again, mm-hmm. I have the questions about like did Elizabeth not have any family like Rachel? How did no one pay attention to the like oh Elizabeth is gone now and she looks different? Like what? It's the shoes, damn it, the shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's I don't know if this is the worst movie we've covered on this podcast, but it's definitely up there. Like I don't know, what would you guys put as the the worst one we've covered? Hmm. Because I I still say The Strangers is probably my most hated out of the ones we've covered, but this is damn close. I think The Strangers is better than this. Yeah, I agree <laughs> with Maurice on that. Yeah. You know what? She... I'm going to say it. Good. It Follows is better than this. <laughs> Ooh. Whoa. Wait, 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 wait. What about Blood Rage? Blood Rage is better than this. <laughs> Blood Rage this is, is good. There's nothing good about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love Blood Rage. <laughs> I love Blood Rage, too. There's just something real heartwarming about a drunken mother eating cold leftovers out of a fridge mm-hmm. on the floor. Yeah. That movie makes as less sense as this one does. But we'll, we'll agree to disagree. Yeah, I mean, I will give you that, Maurice. That the, 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 this movie makes about as much sense, but... <laughs> At least Blood Rage is entertaining. What about this Bloody one... Bloody Bible Camp? I'll give it. I'll... <laughs> See, no, Bloody Bloody Bible Camp, while awful, is fucking hilarious. Yeah, so yeah. at least there's that. Like, I, it is a bad movie, and I would not recommend it to anybody other than, like, pe- people like us <laughs> or, like, Omey. You know, like, you know, I would recommend it to people who, who would sit down and watch something like Velocipaster. But, uh... Right. <laughs> You know, as a general horror fan, I would not recommend it to people, but it is fucking hilarious. This, I didn't even, I mean, I laughed at certain things because they were so dumb, but like it made me angry more. (laughs) Like I was constantly yelling at my TV going, why? Like, this doesn't make sense. It wasn't funny. It wasn't gory. It wasn't like well-written, you know, like, I don't know. No redeeming qualities. It's so bad. And yeah, I mean, we are we already covered all the trivia, uh, like that. I, uh, pretty much all the trivia that IMDb had uh, about how this originally wasn't supposed to be an American Psycho sequel. Uh, it got repurposed because of the success of American Psycho. Um, how Mia Kunis and the uh, and the writer of American Psycho have both disavowed this movie completely. <laughs> how Maurice mentioned how she was pissed because uh, the 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 original script was so different uh, than the movie that they shot. Well, the, the, basically the movie she agreed to was turned out to be something completely different. Um, the entire film was shot in 20 uh, in 20 days, which kind of shows. And um, the original filming title was the girl who wouldn't die. But uh, no one tried it, to kill her. Yeah. No, she tried to kill herself <laughs> while faked her death. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> Yeah, I, 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 I don't know, guys. I can't think of anything redeeming to say about this film, this film at all. No, me either. No. 
So hopefully you listeners enjoyed this because, my God, I don't think any of us enjoyed watching this. Nope. <laughs> I enjoy the Rage 2 more than this. Ooh, well, that is... it has some good kills. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Rage 2 has the, uh, the, the dick-stabbing scene. So That is true, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so anybody have final thoughts before we wrap this one up? You like Sam said during the Howling Two, you don't have to watch it. You learned all you need to learn by listening to this episode. Yep, this mm-hmm. is true. Yeah, I mean, you you save yourself the frustration. I mean, yes, it is it is on Peacock right now. So if you if you have access to Peacock, it's free. But yeah, because uh, I was like, I gotta fucking pay to watch one. this. What'd you say, Sam? So it's the first one. Yes. Yeah. Yes, it is. Do yeah, watch no. that. I, I guess watch, exactly. If you're gonna watch anything on Peacock right now, watch Asteroid City. Oh, I want to see that. I didn't know it was on Peacock. Yeah. Um, or, or Twisted Metal. I will say, I I really was impressed with the Twisted Metal show. It's it's a lot of fun. So it, that actually is funny, unlike this. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, yes, yeah, so I think we'll we'll start wrapping this up here. So. For anyone that's not following us on social media, we are the Boogeyman's Closet on both Facebook and Instagram. Maurice handles our Twitter or X. Uh, X, X. <laughs> handles our X, which makes it sound dirty. Uh, what is I that ha- good stuff? I handle the X. Uh, is not our name. Uh, at Boogeyman's The. Thank you very much. Uh, we also have a Patreon. It's uh, $3 a month for all of our unedited episodes. Higher tiers will get you stuff in the mail and things like birthday episodes, which we will have a few uh, Patreon birthday episodes coming up soon. Um, and then uh, we are also part of the Rad Pantheon Network. So if you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other shows on the network. So check out radpantheon.com and Rad Pantheon on all the socials. And for anyone that's uh, still with us, our next episode is going to be 192. The Rage Carry Part Two. You know, oh you, you know, you people are, you suck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will say this: next month, we we know we at least have one really good movie because we 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 chose a good movie to kind of as a palate cleanser. Mm. <laughs> so. At I think least we, we chose two good ones. I I do well. Let's put it this way: the the other one that we chose, I haven't watched in probably ten years, so I'm hoping it's as good as I remember. Actually, I did really like it. I don't remember what the second one is, so I'll have to go back through our texts and look. Yeah, the 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 one because uh, it, it was one that you and I agreed on, and one Reese and I. Yeah, well, I'm talking about the one that Reese and I agreed on. Um. Yeah, I'll, we'll I, talk I'll have to look. Here. Yeah, I'll have to look. <laughs> hey, hey, Gracie. Uh-oh, cat interruption. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> hey, no, and and anyone that listens <laughs> to this... destroying the school. <laughs> anyone that listens to this show is well aware of cat interruptions. <laughs> mm-hmm. we, we have them all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we all love them cats. Exactly. But alrighty, guys, I think it is time that we wrap this one up and never watch American Psycho 2 again. So shout out to Jerry's Closet, which is closing in two weeks. Oh, yes. Sam, I I am sorry. I I forgot to give you a chance to do shout outs. What do you got? 
<laughs> um, so Western New York Horror Crew at um, Axe and uh, Instagram and Facebook and our thrift store, Jerry's Closet, is closing at the end of this month. So we have some great deals. And then we'll be doing events and um, being digital after that. Very cool. Very cool. And um, when what is the last weekend again? Is it the 27th? Just... Yep, is that, 27th that's will be our last day. Okay. But... Alrighty, guys. Well, we're going to wrap this up here. Thank you again, Sam, for joining us. We will definitely have you on for more of these and hopefully better movies coming up. <laughs> but alrighty, guys, let's wrap this up here. So as always, this is Mike saying goodbye. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, follow us on Instagram at The Boogeyman's Closet, where you can stay up to date with everything we have planned. Thank you. Thank you.